Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There are a lot of times in this house where I learn more from my kids mm. than I think they learn from me. Say it again. Dead ass. And it really makes me think. Not only did I wish that I was like that as a kid. Mm-hmm. It makes me know that we're doing a good job. That ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. Um, I'm going to take us back to a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, two days ago from when we recorded this. But by the time you guys hear this, it'll be a couple months ago. <laughs> oh, okay, makes sense. It's the middle of football season. And yeah. Jackson has been playing well. Like, he's learning. This is his second year playing football. And me as the coach slash father understands that there is a change when you get from sixth grade to seventh grade, right? Mm-hmm. So seventh grade, um, you have kids who are going through puberty. Some kids have already hit puberty. Some kids who have not hit puberty. So the size differential in seventh grade is way different, right? So um, we happen to have on our team a bunch of kids who are not super developed yet. Like mm-hmm. they just not big physically. And we're going up against other schools who have kids my size. Mm-hmm. So naturally- <laughs> You know, in seventh grade, you're gonna take some lumps. Kids that ass drive themselves to the game. <laughs> right. <You okay>? Right. <laughs> so there were some games we took some lumps, you know, and in the beginning of the season, I told Jackson, you know, I really don't want to coach you. I want you to hear someone else's voice. But I do have a level of expertise in this field because I played for so long. And a couple of the dads last year who volunteered, they were voluntold. Mm. You know, so for example, they didn't want to necessarily volunteer, but they chose to because if we didn't, the kids wouldn't have a team. So I'm like, you know what? If the other dads are going to volunteer their time, I might as well volunteer my time as well. A couple of- uh, And we on strike, so ain't nothing happening. Right, ain't nothing going on, so I'm not working <laughs> right now. And two other dads decided, two who played football in college. So at the beginning of the season, I told Jackson, look, I'm the coach. I can't attaboy you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm probably going to be harder on you because it sets the tone for the other children. When I'm harder on them, mm-hmm. they can't say, well, Coach DeVal, you show favoritism. No, I'm even harder on Jackson. True. So I explained this to Jackson in the beginning of the year. And he was like, okay, yeah, Dad, I got you. Now we're week seven into the year. And Jackson just doesn't have the same level of intensity towards the game as he had before. So I'm talking to him like, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? And he's kind of beating around the bush. And then finally... He broke down and he said, you know, it's just hard for me because I get nervous before the games. And I said, because you're constantly trying to be perfect. And he said, yes, I'm trying to be perfect. And I said, who told you you had to be perfect? And, he, you know, he started to get a little bit emotional, overwhelmed. And I was just like, well, tell me, I never told you you had to be perfect. And then he said this to me. He said, yeah, but when I do something good, whether it's in practice or the game, you say nothing. I do one thing wrong, even if it's not my fault, if it's if a teammate assists me in doing something wrong, I get screamed at. The first thing I thought was, but I told you this is the way it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But then I had to sit back and realize he has to deal with those feelings. Mm-hmm. Even if he knows that it's happening, he still has to deal with those feelings three to four times a week. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. to a 12-year-old. Right. You know, and it was unfair for me to ask him to understand that at 12. 12 exactly. It's not like he's 22 and I'm the head coach of a professional mm-hmm. basketball team. <laughs> right. He's emotionally more mature now and he understands it. No, I asked him to understand this at 12 because in my 40-year-old mind, it made <laughs> sense. Damn, babe. Yeah. Needless to say, I was hurt. For him yeah. during that conversation. Yeah. And we'll we'll unpack it a little bit when we come back. And I'm going to fight you for making my son feel like that. Okay? <laughs> I knew that was coming, guys. I knew that was coming. But I, I'll Listen. explain. I'll explain the whole process <laughs> and where we are now. All right. Sounds good. All right. Karaoke time. So karaoke time. You came out the gate. like you like, I got a song. I'm like, all right. I do, do your thing then. Do I got thing. a song. Good. Right? And it's I a mean... song you may know. Okay. Let me know if, if it sounds familiar. Okay. Akuna Matata. Oh my gosh. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> Akuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. You actually doing the It means mo- <laughs> no worries for the rest of your days. Sing I it, love kid. It. It's a problem free philosophy. Akuna Matata. The best part was Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Akuna. <laughs> <laughs> all right lion king come yes, through yes 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 it yes. means no worries so oh, i'll explain man. after we pay some bills i'll come back and explain why akuna matata uh was the song i chose for today's okay. episode this is cute i like that yes all right y'all we'll be back this show is sponsored by better help so let me tell you 2023 ended with me speaking to a couple family members, these are aunts, uncles, even parents, about just things that I felt like I couldn't speak to them about being a kid, but now I'm an adult and I can really just let them know how I feel about certain things that took place in the family over the years. And after doing that and opening up to them about the way I felt, I realized that it was actually received with lots of love and respect. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. You're absolutely right, babe. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, 
your significant other, or pretty much anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. But you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, so... Yeah, so back to the story. You had our son out here trying to, uh, you know, deal with his emotions in the way you would have dealt with it as a 40-year-old, not even realizing that, damn, even though you may have explained this to him, he still wants that reassurance. And and the, the complex thing about it is that he wants the reassurance from you, not just as coach, but as dad. So it's like trying to, it's like the duality and making sure that you are, you know, not attaboying him playing daddy ball, but also mm. to making sure that he knows that you're proud of him. Yeah. And I thought you were doing a good job of that because I, I would see you at home when you guys come from practice, whether he had a good practice or not, mm. you would break things down. You would reassure him. You would dap him up. Right. would tell him to have fun. But what do you think was different in the particular moment? Well, there was a part that you missed. Even you said like he wants my 
affirmation and mm-hmm. my reassurance as dad. No, he wanted my reassurance as his coach. Oh. Because at the, when I'm out there, I'm a coach. Got you. So I had said to him, I said, Jax, well, all the other coaches were telling you how good you were doing. He said, but I wanted it from you. I wanted to hear you say it. You're the offensive coordinator. I wanted to know from you that I was doing a good job. And then when I didn't hear it, it made my confidence go down. Mm-hmm. And then when my confidence went down, I was afraid to make a mistake because I knew if I made a mistake, then and you would jump gonna, yeah. on me. And I was like, yo, like, there's no way I I could have expected my son mm-hmm. to understand that at 12. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was teaching him a lesson, but the lesson had very little to do with football. Mm-hmm. As you know, I don't care if he plays football. This was a choice he made. He wanted to play football. At one point, he was all into basketball. Then he said he wanted to play football in order to get tougher for basketball. So for me, I just thought this is an opportunity for me to use football as a lane to teach him, you know, uh, one, responsibility, two, how to listen to what a coach says and not listen to how he says it, but also to be able to navigate a situation where you may be treated unfairly, but learn how to control your emotions so you can get through the situation and still be successful. Because I know from being a professional athlete and a collegiate athlete, you're going to have coaches who purposely, for whatever reason or, or, or not, they're not going to tell you every time you do something good. Mm-hmm. It's your job. It is expected. For you to make a catch, for you to score a touchdown, for you to do something is expected. So we're not going to boy you for doing what's expected. They'll boy you for doing what's profound or beyond, mm. right? You make a one-handed grab, break three tackles, hurdle two people, you save a touchdown from happening, then it's like boy. But I just wanted my son to not walk around looking for attaboys mm-hmm. for doing stuff that you're supposed to do because, because then you lower the bar. Mm-hmm. Right then, the standard is so low. Yeah, you know, Dad, which is already low. It's super generation low in this generation. At this point. Right, it's like, like bare minimum is like we're praising these kids. <laughs> and and I, and I'm watching Not how us, the these children in this generation all are affected by it. Right, mm-hmm. um, it's not just Jackson. Right, a lot of the kids on his team, you can praise them all day. The minute you tell them they're doing something wrong. I don't want to play no more. That I sounds suck. like me. Coach sucks. I know mean, coach said I suck. You no, no. Coach didn't say you suck. You you did 10 plays in practice. Nine of the 10 plays, plays you did well. The last one, you made a mistake. So I'm pointing out the mistake you make so you don't do it again. But all you hear is the mistakes. And what they say to me is, I always make mistakes. Yeah. Everyone always makes mistakes. So there's always something to correct. That sounds like me, Deval. It does sound like you. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm pushing 40. And you were spoiled. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You were spoiled. Your I mom at a girl you all the time. She and sure did. told you how special you were and how great you are. And sometimes when you don't hear it from the person you want it from, you feel like that person doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. Right. You know, and, and I just wanted Jackson to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted him to learn it at an early age when the stakes are low mm-hmm. so that he can understand it and won't struggle with it when the stakes are high because my fear was he goes to high school or gets to college and he's been attaboyed and now the coach ain't attaboying him and he thinks the coach don't like him and he's ready to give up on his dream. Right. So it backfired, <laughs> right? It backfired because he he is a little bit too young for that lesson. At mm-hmm. 12, he's not um, emotionally mature enough but also... He pointed out something. This is where he checked my parenting. He said to me, I just go into the games nervous because I didn't want other people to think that I sucked. 
Sorry. That's Kadeen once again, guys, who me. always tells me, make sure all Ooh. your stuff is off. Deval. Ciao. You know what? I haven't opened this laptop since the last make time excuses, we... I ain't going to add a boy. No, it ain't an excuse. I'm accept I'm responsibility. I'm going to just leave it alone because then she's going to say, yeah, she going to do nothing ever right, you know? Right, exactly. I'm going to just act like it Don't didn't happen. What, what bell? What bell was what that? What beep? Now it's taking what her 10 minutes to take the notification off. You don't have to stop on my card. Just I do because if the bell going. goes off again, it's going to mess up the podcast. It ain't because it's done. Period. Poo. Are we ready? Triple, you got all that trouble? <laughs> I just want to make sure you got that trouble. <laughs> <laughs> These are old ass text messages coming through too. I'm like, what is going yeah, you on here? You haven't opened that that, that uh, no, laptop in a minute. Sure haven't. Uh, what was I saying before I was so rudely interrupted by your old text messages? <laughs> <laughs> I um, think you were talking about um, when Jackson checked your parenting style. Oh, right. So what what he made me realize when Jackson mm -hmm. ultimately checked my parenting style was that he didn't want other people to think that he sucked. Mm -hmm. Right. So me at forty is just like, why are you concerned about? what other people think. And he said to me, he said, well, when we're at games mm -hmm. and I score a touchdown or I have a long run and you say nothing, mm -hmm. right? Other people watch that. But then when I make a mistake and you jump on me, then it makes it seem to other people like all I do is something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, he's 12. He he has nothing else to think about other than what other people think. I was just think. about to say, because you know? us who are now programmed to be like, fuck what people think. Right. You know, we can take that now at And we our got age. to this point right. over years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thinking about just the fragile state that a 12-year-old is in, right? So thinking about the middle school age in particular where emotions are high they're trying to figure out why they feel the way they feel yep. um they're looking at their friends for either confirmation affirmation yep. or you know it's just a lot going on at this particular age and i think that's why you and i and, and i will say babe like you when you're parenting and when you're taking an approach with the kids I know that you're always trying to look at it from every angle. Yeah. And you'll even run it by me first. Like, you know, yeah. do you think that I should approach it this way? Or even after the fact, like, I, yeah. I handle it like this. What do you think? And we've been doing a lot of that lately with Jackson. So yeah. we've kind of divvied up the responsibility when it comes to Jackson. <laughs> right. um, and, and the kids in general. Um, Deval is definitely like all hands-on sports, you know, teaching them how to be a good student athlete, you know, discipline, you know, mm -hmm. all that. And then I'm on the academic side of things. And there's some things that overlap with the way we yep. approach things. And DeVal will see sometimes that I'm taking an approach and he'd be like, damn, I tried that shit and it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. But he'll let me have my moment. He'll let yeah. me have my moment. And then he'll interject after or he'll pull me to the side after and say, hey, Kay, you know, I tried this with Jackson and I noticed this outcome. Maybe you can try it this way. Yeah. Or um, just recently, when I think about Jackson bringing home a grade and I was just right, like... Right, 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 for school. For school, you know. And, and I was taking the approach of I don't want to be the mom that raises coddled men. I want them to be strong. I want mm -hmm. them to be independent. Yeah. I want them to think for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to toe the line right now between raising an independent young man, but also guiding him through and wanting to like foreseeing that there's going to be a mistake made, mm -hmm. trying to like buffer it or try to like be that cushion. But right. sometimes, you know, you can't, you have to let them fall flat. Yeah. And the thing that you told me that made the most sense, it was at the age 11, 12, that middle school age, when the stakes are lower and if they do make a mistake or if they do get a bad grade or the lesson in that is way less, yeah. you know, um, 
destructive <laughs> than yeah. if they were to do it when they're older. Absolutely. So I've been allowing Jackson a little bit of latitude to make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then he's naturally almost understanding the repercussions. So in this particular incident, this happened kind of almost back to back. There mm -hmm. was a school incident and then there was a, 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 a football sport incident. And there was no football incident. Right. It was just... He didn't... He hasn't played bad. He's been right, playing well. Right. It was just... Me trying to constantly keep the standard high for him and him feeling like he wasn't mm -hmm. doing right. But go ahead, finish your story. Yeah. So I w I've been on him about making sure that he puts his exams in the calendar. We have a family calendar with the three of us. So that way we can just be aware of like when his exams are coming up. I have access to the online portal so I can at any point log in and see mm -hmm. all of the boys' grades, their progression, all that. I'm getting emails from at least... 11 teachers every other day between all of his teachers, yeah. then Cairo and Kaz's. Um, so it's a lot to juggle, but I try to stay on top of it as much as possible. Jackson, especially now has teachers who literally send out like newsletters with information and dates like weekly, you know, and I love that because they mm -hmm. try to keep the parents involved. So I stay abreast of certain things and I kind of sit back sometimes to watch and see mm -hmm. like, is Jackson going to let me know that he had this exam or I haven't seen him studying for this exam. So what's the outcome going to be? And I will say eight times out of 10, so far this semester, Jackson has really been, he's been on good. it. He's been good. I mean, his grades are like 90s. Like he's right. been able to juggle it. And even my dad sometimes says like, I don't know how Jackson does it. He has a lot. He has a lot on his plate. He's in school all day. He comes home. He may have an hour, hour and a half before he's in practice. Then he's home at 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. Does basketball, football. He does yeah. boxing. Box yeah, he does that. Debate. There's like so many yeah. different things that he has going on. So it's. It's actually impressive to see the way he juggles, but there's certain goals that he's also set for himself that right. I want to see him reach. So if I know there's certain things that's required that may require the extra mile from him, I'm trying to instill that in him now. So he had an exam. I've been asking him. I knew the exam was coming up the week before, so I was asking him, hey, did you make your flashcards? Because I had introduced mm -hmm. the idea of flashcards. And my biggest thing this year was teaching him how to prepare for exams, how to study, how to retain information and try to help him to develop his own system. Right. So flashcards, I knew worked for you and I. We mm -hmm. had a conversation with him about that. So I knew a week out he had that going on. Jackson, did you do your flashcards? Did you do your flashcards? Did you do your flashcards? Did you do the online flashcard, your teacher? Yeah, mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So literally, I said, okay, make sure you're doing your flashcards and you're studying the night before the exam. I want to test you on the flashcards. Mm -hmm. So what happens the night before the exam? Can't find the flashcards that he made online or can't find them, can't log in. Yeah. Yeah. No physical flashcards. Yeah. Oh, but mom, I'm ready. I'm ready. So then we sit down to test him before bed and he's mumbling and he's bumbling and he's stumbling over mm -hmm. these terms. So Deval and I end up staying up late with him and like, yeah. yo, you got to go Gotta through go these definitions. It. A lot of it was just like heavy science facts, like things you just had to know, terms. But, but here was the change though, because I would have got whooped for waiting to the last minute and not knowing oh, my stuff. You my mother's got head, too. she would have blown my head clear off. Right. And then clear off. my mother probably would have got the books, slammed them on the table, got a pencil and said, you do these flashlights and flashcards. And I'd have been there by myself crying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to do it, but we didn't do that. No. We we stayed Very up calm. with him. We we went over the flashcards. He was upset. He had an attitude. We constantly reminded him that his attitude would not be accepted. Yep. And he went out the next day and he did horrible on that test. Yep. But the thing was, him doing horrible on that test was more of a reaction to him, was more of a consequence to him mm -hmm. than anything we could have ever done. Oh, absolutely. Because he had his own standard he wanted for himself. Absolutely. And one thing Jackson don't like is to be wrong. He sure don't. So when he That's told us child. that he was 
prepared and then didn't get the grade he wanted. Now he he's proven to be wrong. So now he has to prove us right Absolutely. and get good grades after it. So. Absolutely. But then it also required a sit down, right? Because he had the exam. Yeah. We picked him up from school. I said, babe, how was the test? Like, I'm excited to hear about it because, you know, he was so prepared. Yeah. And he was just like, it was good. It was easy. It was good. It was good. Uh, you know, like, yeah. so we're in the chiropractor office and I was like, oh, really? He's just like, yeah, uh, like brushing me off. Yeah. So I was like, okay. The teacher sent that grade the night, that night. Mm -hmm. And pretty much in the email was like, there's going to be a retest for people who scored under 75, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. He didn't score under 75, thankfully. However, right. he didn't get the grade that he wanted. Right. And... I sent it over to him in a no, text No, he did message. get under 75. He got a 79, he got, I think. So, no, because yeah, it was one, one grade he got that he said, I can retake it, but all I would get is a more Well, it was that than one. 75. Because I, she said that you can retake it if you got under 75, but the, the max you would get is 75. So he didn't even qualify for the retake. Right. Yeah. So I sent him a screenshot of it because at this point he was on his way to practice. I saw the email that came through and I saw his grade. Um, and I said, let's be prepared to speak about it tonight. And there was another grade from another subject that was also low. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. We're supposed to be aware of what's happening. So Deval and I go to sit down with him now after he comes in from practice. He comes straight to me too. Because I know Deval probably already <laughs> prepped him in the car. I like, did. You because, gotta talk to your mom. Because this whole process <laughs> is about him understanding, first of all, learning how to control his emotion, but also learning how to deal with confrontation. Yes. Right? At some point, he, he may be someone's employee. He may be someone's teammate, someone's uh subordinate at mm -hmm. some point that he has to face that authority figure but yeah. has to learn how to do it with confidence he's going to be yes. someone's husband someday yes. right you have an issue with your wife mm -hmm. you need to learn how to walk in that house and be like babe so what's the problem in the moment don't don't walk around it right and, and that's also part of what i'm trying to the teach lesson. him and realizing and, and also learning that he's only 12 yeah. right because that's what this whole podcast is about is right. understanding that he's 12 but also trying to create a, a very uh, assertive Mm -hmm. astute, emotionally mm -hmm. mature young man. Yes. Right? So that's what this whole thing is about. So yes, I told, I, we were in the car, I said, listen, mm -hmm. your mom's not going to spaz out. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to go up to her and say, hey mom, I heard about my grades, I want to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. And that's immediately what he did. He did not he did. run from it. He, he did. He knocked on the door, I was coming out the shower and he was like, mom, when you're mm -hmm. done, can we talk? And I said, okay. I remember he was coming out the shower. I was distracted yeah. too when you came out the shower. <laughs> And I forgot, I was like, I don't even want to talk about this no more. We're like, what grades? My mind was on something else, but not him. He was focused on, which he is He sure was. was and on. I was focused on talking to him so we could get this <laughs> get this over with. You know, so we sat and talked and Deval uh, spoke and Deval sat along with us because, you know, we do things as a unit, as parents, yeah. regardless of who, you know, had what yeah. to say or what message needed to be delivered or what mm -hmm. needed to be hashed out. Um, and also, too, because I, I lean on you for, yeah. you know... Um, well, support, but also to say like, hey, how did that go? Or right. how could I have done that differently? Right. So we start the conversation and I'm just, at this point, I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. I wasn't yelling and screaming because I just know that that approach never worked, especially right. with me as a child. Right. So I really just wanted to be like, motherfucker, you see what the fuck? You see what <laughs> happened? You see, you were so That's what you confident. Wanted to say. You were, yeah, you were so confident. Yeah. You knew everything. Oh, mom, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing too much. Okay, yeah. And then look. This is the grade that you bring home. So you didn't say so, that. No, I didn't say that. But you did what that. all moms do. Yeah. And act like the, the sky is falling. <laughs> and treat him like he failed all of his classes in one day, which didn't happen. So 
I, and the thing is, I had told him, like, your mom's not going to spaz out. Like, relax. And I, I didn't want him to walk into that mm-hmm. with me saying that. And then you start to spaz. To spaz and then right. he'd be like, yo, you, you told me she, she wasn't, wasn't spazzing. Spaz. I ain't never saying nothing to her But again. at this point, I was just like, I was ready to take, I was like, I'm, what are we going to take away? What are the privileges that we're going to take away? And then Devout was like, can I interject? Yeah, I was like, hey, wait, wait, He don't wait, even wait, got privileges like that. The kid don't do nothing. He don't do anything. <laughs> but, like, what are you going to take away from him? But I also remember being 12 mm-hmm. and- Having a 90 average. And then Mr. Fass, who was just an asshole of a social studies teacher at Andrews Huddy, mm-hmm. gave me, I think he gave me a 65 because he said I wasn't doing homework. Mm-hmm. So then I pulled out all my homework and my, my mom saw, she signed it, that Mr. Fass had made a mistake mm-hmm. when he really was just fucking with me. But he gave me my 15 points for my homework, but gave me an 80. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't let me play basketball because all my grades was 90 and I got an 80. Mm. And to me, I felt like that's not fair. Yeah. So it's like, so wait a minute. So I literally have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. In order to enjoy myself. And then I did the same thing to Jackson while trying to check. Remember trying to help you yeah. through the academics? Yeah. I realized that I was doing this to him through football. He does everything right. He does one mistake and I jump you on jump him. You jump on him. Yeah. And, and I kind of did the same thing too, right? You got all these great grades. You're doing so well. You're juggling everything. But then for me, it wasn't even just about that one situation. It was about the fact that I had spoken to him about certain things ahead of time, you know, and I said, and I've been following up and it's me trying to give him the independence to not be on him and do the flashcards for him. Cause man, it took everything in me not to go get the rainbow of flashcards, make them for him. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, color coded this, that, that they're like, that's really what I want to do. Yeah. Your way. Right. But it's not about my way. He needs to find his own way. So the the lesson in that was not even just the grade. It was the whole process that got him to that grade that just made me be like, this is exactly what it is. But I feel like that was also the lesson in it for itself. I didn't have to double down in that moment. I didn't have to pull away privileges. The lesson was that he was like, damn, mom was right. I should have made the flashcards. Damn. Like, and he ended up staying up until almost one o'clock that morning that was tired the next day. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about being tired because you still have your sports responsibilities. And that's one thing that you helped me to understand is that I cannot punish him in the sports department because of his lack of academics or vice versa, because they're both important. Yes. Especially in a student athlete. I never understood why moms do that. Like the first thing mom says, and when I was mentoring young men, a child has an issue, a behavioral issue or something. They take away football, take away basketball. Right. Football and basketball are the only things that are teaching him discipline right now. Mm-hmm. And you want to take away the two things that are teaching him discipline as a form of discipline for not being disciplined in school makes no sense. Because we were looking at it as this is extracurricular, right? It's not, in my mind. It's initially, not, I was like, oh, it's extracurricular stuff, you know? Sports, so. sports can be extracurricular. If you're playing a sport, if your child is playing a sport, he's in a rec league and he's just doing it for fun Mm -hmm. and they're rolling the balls out, pause, and they're out there just (laughs) playing and no one cares who wins, yes, that's extracurricular. Mm -hmm. When your child is in a competitive team, traveling, he makes commitments to that team, commitments to other families, commitments to other parents. So it's not just about him. It's also teaching him something greater than than just himself individually. Mm-hmm. So that commitment, and a lot of time, those coaches, you let those coaches know that that child is performing poorly in school or having behavioral issues. He'll get a greater level of discipline at those uh, opportunities in in after curricular, after school activities. Remember mm-hmm. when I was at Prototype? Mm-hmm. We had report card check. You, you sure get did. below an 80, everybody's running. Yep. So what it did was it created 
an environment where being the dumb class clown was not accepted. Right. Because if everybody here who was bigger, stronger, and faster than your average teenager has to have above 80, but now we all got to run because you don't have an 80, mm. now it creates that environment where being the dumb kid gets ostracized. Right. And I've just learned over the years, especially when you have boys, boys need discipline. Mm -hmm. Boys need structure. Mm -hmm. And the, the more I'm learning about young women and young young women who are athletes, they've all said the same thing. They, they like adored having the structure because as a child, it gives you something to look forward to that guarantees you'll have a level of success. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't have structure, most kids are lost. Most people are lost. That's a fact. Think about it. When we first got out That's of college, right? That's when, when structure was stripped of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, like, think about it. From the time you're you always have a, schedule. a child, you see, yeah. from the time you're a child till you graduate from college, there's a schedule, there's classes, there's certain things you have to do that if you perform well at these things, you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. The minute people leave college, there's no more blueprint. Mm -hmm. That's when the anxiety happens because that there's sure no one to tell you. You know, that happened <laughs> for me too. When I first got out of the NFL, it was like, well, I want to do TV. How do I go about getting there? Man, I low-key registered for grad school for that very reason. Because was, you weren't ready. ready. You weren't ready. I was not ready. And that's the part where we're not like rushing our kids through the school system. Like, oh, yep. he's advanced. Let's start him at two at school so he can graduate by 16. No, we're not putting him in college no. till 20 so he can graduate and then be like, what? You're just not even old enough or ready. But you know what we just did? We actually just broke down how we ended up over-parenting Jackson. Your mm -hmm. fear and anxiety of not knowing what was next after college mm -hmm. is what you're projecting onto Jackson. Mm -hmm. My fear of not being prepared when I was done in the NFL and not knowing how to deal with my emotions, because remember, part of the reason why I got cut is because my emotions. I said some things to some you coaches sure and I, I, you know, it, it wasn't appropriate at the time and mm -hmm. I ended up getting cut. He was also in his feelings, but whatever. He I was, was speaking the truth. <laughs> I was in my feelings because I didn't think it was fair. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know, just a real long story short, I didn't like being put in a box where you're only going to be the fifth receiver. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was good enough to compete for any position. And right. when I heard that that's what I was competing for, I got pissed and I voiced my opinion. And the offensive coordinator at the time didn't want to hear my he opinion. He sure as hell didn't give a fuck. So I ended up getting cut. But it taught me. That I have to learn how to control my emotions and say yes, sir, no, sir, even when a coach is not treating me right. Yes. I'm projecting that. Yes. I went to Jackson at 12. Yes. You're projecting your fear mm -hmm. of not being prepared for the real world on Jackson at 12. And yes. both of us have to realize Shit. he's only 12. Damn, like, like no. listening to you speak on why you you parent him the way he is and I parent him, it's all based on fear. Yes. Think of it. It's all big. I don't want my son to feel the way I felt right. when I was out in mm -hmm. the world. Or I don't want him to be, you know, a coddled, entitled, expected little asshole that, you Fact. know, no, eventually you. will go out and wreak havoc in this world. Like, I'm not while I'm alive. You but, know what I mean? But you know what's crazy, Kate? We can't, we can't parent our kids like that. Yeah. Like, think about it. If we're parenting them through fear, I fear that they'll become an entitled asshole. I fear they'll become a coddled kid who does, is, lost. Is, is lost. Like, <laughs> yeah. all of this is fear. Yeah. So what do we do when we, we're afraid? We over. We over, over you know what I'm saying? It. We overdo so it. So we're almost like like helicopter parenting in a way, but like in a different kind of way, right? So we're yeah. just not like, it's not like, you know, we're, we're smothering. I mean, we could, do you think we're smothering him a little bit? No, I, to be honest, I think that... I try not to smother because I don't, don't want to be that mom, especially I don't think with you boys. I don't think you smother him and I don't think I smother him, but I think what, what we did in turn was 
try to compensate for the fact that we weren't smoth- that we didn't want to smother him. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even I didn't give him any love during football season. Oh. Which I feel like now now knowing about it's fucked up. Yeah. Like I was so like, well, I'm not going to be a helicopter dad. I'm there every day in practice, so I'm not going to say nothing to him. But if mm-hmm. he does something wrong, I'm going to check him because I don't want him to do things wrong in practice. Yeah. That's not, he needs the balance. He does definitely needs the balance. He needs the balance. For sure. you know? On both ends too. And I need to do yeah. a, good, a good job too of like, you know, I'll ask him when he comes, like, hey, how was practice? Did you have fun? Like, you know? Yeah. So we can do the same like when it comes to sports academics, we flip flop and stuff just to be like, you and know, a little this, more even. This is why I ended up singing Akuna Matata. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I need you to go out there at 12 and play and have no worries. Like, you're, you're concerned about making me proud, being perfect. You're concerned about other people's ideas of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to create a level of anxiety and nervousness that you won't be able to perform to your standard because you're worried about everything else. Everything else. You need to only focus on you. And let's think. Let's think about it. And this is what I've I've learned to empower. How I've learned to empower him. Mm-hmm. Sit down and settle and give him a perspective. Right. We're sitting in this house. I said, Jackson, think about where you were when you were in Cairo's age. I was in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember having to get on the train with Dad? Remember having to help me carry laundry up the stairs? You remember having to go parking? He's like, Yeah. I said. You see how hard dad has worked and mom has worked to get us to a different level where you can have a different level of comfort. He was like, yeah. I said, are you comfortable? He was like, yeah, I am comfortable. So I said, so what are you worried about? Mm -hmm. Think about how many people in the world don't have what you have. Can't do what you do. How many dads can't be there with their son in practice? Mm -hmm. I said, think about your own on your own team. Yeah. How many of your, your friends' dads can't be there at practice? Think about how many of your friends struggle in school whose moms aren't up to 1 p.m. I mean, 1 a.m. And he he looked at me and he was just like, you know, I never thought about that. And he was just Shit, like, I never thought about that. He, no, he, he said, one of <laughs> yeah. my friends, well, he's like, one of my friends did say to me at basketball, you know, I wish my dad cared like yours and would scream at me to get me going. In basketball games, because he said some, he said his friend was like, sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting there and I don't know what to do, and I'll listen to your dad scream at you to be like, well, if he told Jackson to do that, then I'll do the same thing. Aww. So Jackson was like, you know, you're right. Like there are certain things that I have advantages of, and I can't stop looking at the negative. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than thinking about if I drop this pass, my dad's gonna scream. How about you start to think? If I catch this pass and score a touchdown, everybody's going to be cheering my name. Mm-hmm. I said, do you think that? He's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think about the positive. I only think about the negative. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we got to change that. And I said, well, why do you only think about the negative? He said, because the negative is the only time I hear your voice. Yeah. Okay, man. Heartbreak. Don't get me started up in here today. Okay, when I tell you, man, I oh was like, God. I was apologizing so much. Like one thing I've never done, gotten from my parents Bruh. I've never gotten an apology. I said, bro, come here, bro. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I am sorry. I, 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 you didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I am teaching you to focus on the negative while only saying focus on the positive. Like, that's not fair to you, bro. Yeah, that's insanity. And yeah, and I'm like thinking about the overarching topic today, right? And, and shout out to you, babe. Because one thing you do is you apologize when you're wrong. We both do. Yeah, we, we try I do. to make like, sure I can't that. Hold that in. Yeah, especially when it's coming from your child. It's like, whew. 
man. But the overarching topic today is, you know, growing up in black families, our generation, we were always taught to never talk back. We right. didn't have conversations like right. this with our parents. It's like, don't right. complain. Their parents are right. You're wrong. You know, you don't get a single explanation. Um, don't expect an apology from your parents if they hurt your feelings. But now as parents, you know, we're recognizing that not all of our parenting tactics meant well. Well, they mm. mean well, but yeah. it didn't land well when it yeah. came to how we emotionally developed. Yeah. Um, and our relationship with our kids, we're trying to be different, right? Um, and the whole gentle parenting movement too, and what that looks like for our kids and being tough on the kids. Like we really try to, I think, balance between what that looks like. You know, you certain moments call for certain things. Um, I mean, what what exactly is the, t- the definition of gentle parenting? Well, well, when is I it think more of like about, the hands off approach to it? No, no, I I feel like it's not just the hands off. It's parenting with approach of positivity, not using fear tactics or pain or violence or trauma mm-hmm. to create a foundation for your children to where they just listen to you mm-hmm. because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. That when I think about gentle parenting, it's like that because back in the day, it was if I hit him, he'll stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I scream, he'll listen. Mm-hmm. That's that's not gentle parenting. That's not a that's not a, a gentle approach. Well, there's to being <laughs> nothing a gentle about that. So let's break down exactly what gentle parenting is. I think there's like maybe I'm kind of kind of confused about what that looks like because I don't even conform to people's <laughs> social media's like you know well, take it, on parenting. It would just now. be as simple as this, right? Mm-hmm. Traditional parenting was very coercive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you do what I say, you get a reward. You don't, you get punished. Okay. All right, you know, very sense. manipulative parenting. You don't Got explain you. much. You just do what I say, mm-hmm. get a reward. Mm-hmm. Don't do what I say. You the bad guy, you get punished. Mm-hmm. Now with more gentle parenting, it's more teaching, understanding, and empathy. Mm. You know, um, which which to me, I think there has to be a mix. Yeah, there's the yeah. You can't be all one one way. No, it can't be because when you grow up mm-hmm. in the real world, um, your parents don't have the means to curate how the world is going to receive you Absolutely. as a person. And you don't know what these you repercussions know? are going to look like right. for the when you you do something wrong. Absolutely. But I think that I, for example when I spoke to Jackson about his science grade, I reverted to what I knew and how I was yes. raised just like, "Oh, you don't do what you're supposed to do, then you're going to get certain privileges taken away because right. that's just the that's just the consequence. Like there has to be a consequence yes. for parenting." And I think that there still should be a consequence, but what is happening now? Absolutely, it has to be a consequence. For sure. But what's happening now is that I feel like Jackson's learning the consequence and the lesson when he doesn't do what he's supposed to do on his part and we kind of sit back and watch that unfold because he doesn't like the way it feels. Right. When he falls short of whatever the goal is no I, I mean yeah you're right but okay but here's the thing though right how how can you just be a gentle parent you have to have some traditional standards because sure. most people in the world will work for someone at some point in their life mm-hmm. right when you work for someone you're a subordinate mm-hmm. right that person that employer that manager they are going to use those same traditional tactics to get you to do what they need you to do because this is every business is production based. It's mm-hmm. not feeling based. Right. So it's like you do what I say, you get a reward. You don't. There's a consequence. There's a consequence. That's yeah. just the real world. Yeah. So when you remove that aspect of parenting from your kid, that's when you get those entitled kids who grow up and say, "Well, I don't feel." And it's like, whoa, wait, we don't give, nobody gives a shit about how you There's feel. There's no feeling in business, baby. There's not. But that's exactly what it is, though. Look at the workforce now. Yes. We have a couple of friends who own businesses that cannot even keep 
uh, employees. No. Because the minute like you you reprimand them, the minute you write them up, they're not doing what they're supposed to do and you yeah. speak to them about it. It's like, oh, how dare you speak to me this yeah. way? And I'm going to quit. And they're on to the next one. Retention is at an all time low. That's just what we are <laughs> dealing with everyone now. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Why? Because they can make their own wheels. They can make their own it's decisions. It's feelings based according to what people think but do you know how? Do, but do you know how do you get money from being, to, how do you get money to become a successful entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. You either have to work for someone, mm-hmm. which means you do what I say and you get your reward. Yeah. Or you ask for a loan from someone who's going to give you stipulations and conditions, which means you do what I say. Rules. Like there's no way to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, understanding the fact that at some point you have to deal with authority figures. That. And that's why I'm not big on the whole, we're kicking the traditional way out yeah. and we're just doing gentle parenting, especially if you have a child who plays sports. Mm-hmm. Sports is production based. Oh, production based situation. It's production based. Like you have to be mm-hmm. able to adhere to rules mm-hmm. and discipline and do the things you Absolutely. don't want to do to be successful. And deal with the mind fuck that's going to be coaches <laughs> figuring You know it. Try, trying you know to find it. ways to motivate you. You watch me do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. A couple facts and stats that we have from Trouble. I still can't get it. It's, we're like 12 seasons in, y'all, and I'm I still six, can't do six, it. six, seven years in now. Child. Triple, this is disrespectful. She still can't be. say triple. I'm going to just let that be you, like here on out. She'd be like, triple, <laughs> At different developmental periods, kids go through a process called individuation. Individuation refers to the process through which a person achieves a sense of individuality separate from the identities of others and begin to consciously exist as a human in the world. That's deep. That's crazy. No, because parents don't understand that each individual child has to go through that. Yeah. And that's what, remember when you said um, you learned that Jackson has to go through his own process? Yes. And remember when I said Jackson likes to be right? Yes. He's starting to get to that point where he wants to be an individual. He just doesn't want to listen to what you say. Yeah. He wants to understand why. Yeah. And how does this benefit me? Yeah. And if you're not a parent who's going to be patient enough to explain the benefits. Yeah, that's true. And you just want to, them to listen. Mm-hmm. You're going to find yourself battling with your child all I the time. I feel like they're all kind of like that when I think about it. Even Cairo's like that now when I realize if he'll ask me a question about something, I see him in his mind like re-saying it so that it soaks in. And then right. he may or may not have a follow-up question, but that's his way as, as an individual of processing what I've said. Yes. And then he moves, you know, you know how he is. He, he going to move, how he going to move after way, yeah. that. But I think as parents, we have to give our kids latitude to be able to go through that process. I just got my moment of truth. Hold it, hold it, hold it, man, yeah, hold it. <laughs> as kids separate and find their individual identities, they start to learn how to express their own opinions. This process can be difficult for parents if their opinions have been routinely squashed as they grow up. That was me and my mom for a long time. I remember it was just like, mama, like anything she said went, anything she Anybody said went. Anybody growing up in the 90s anything, dealt with that. My father man, told me my attitude stink. And I man, said, why? Because I don't agree with what you agree with. How my attitude got to stink? Right. But you was doing that at like 12. I did that when I was out the house in college. <laughs> see? When I was out nah. the house in college and my mom was like, I didn't know you did that. You decided to do that. You didn't run that by me. And I was like, oh, sis, I don't have to now. <laughs> I'm a big girl. I'm 18. Like, I can't nah, wait to I turn 18 ch- so I, I can throw that in their face, child. I was challenging. And you know you, the hardest part about it? What? As a child, when you challenge your parent and they don't have an answer, so they just get mad and punish you. Man, that used to be me. But you, but you, but you knew, though. I feel like you knew that you were right. right. 
I did know I was right. I knew I was right <laughs> because no one could answer the question. Right. And then I, I would watch them lose their emotions mm-hmm. and they would get frustrated. You got my kicked father out of uh, Sunday school. You got kicked out. <laughs> I got kicked out of Sunday school. I think I told y'all that story. I got kicked out of Sunday school. Oh, man. Um, my dad damn, damn near wanted to kick me out the house. Which um, one of our kids you think would be like, is like that so far? Like, Well, I know, I know for a fact that Kaz... Um, it does not change his opinion or his viewpoint oh, based sure on how don't. we respond. He sure don't. So I Cast think he's going to be the one fucks. that's going to be like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, well, if you don't do that, you're going to be XYZ. He's going to go, okay. <laughs> Jackson is more like, wait, 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 wait. So why why can't I do that? Like I want to, but I want to do that though. Yeah. And if I explain to him why, I think he'll he'll think about it and he'll say, okay, I'll try your way. Mm-hmm. Cairo will listen to me, act like he's thinking about it, and do it his own way anyway. He'll just do it. He'll like he'll he'll do it his own way, like on the low, and Yo. then just act like he didn't know that I told him to do it another way. Chaz, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about something that happened this morning. I wasn't cutting you off. You mm. no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, this morning, for example, Kaz getting them ready for school. He's like, "Mom, can you take out my outfit so we can I can match?" Because he's into matching. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's getting into outfits and his, mm-hmm. you know. So we're looking in this closet. I'm he's like, "You age. like this?" That was Cairo uh, last year. Literally. So it's it was chilly this morning. It was like forty something degrees, and I'm like, "You have to wear like either a jacket or a mm-hmm. vest or something." So Cairo pulls out a jacket and he throws it on. It's like a little windbreaker jacket mm-hmm. with his hoodie. Kaz. Um, has a hoodie on with a t-shirt underneath and mm. then the other jacket he has I realize is too small. So I've found a vest, one of those puffer vests mm. that have no sleeves. So I'm like, oh, Cassie, you can put this on. This is nice. Like, So he's looking at it and he's just like, what is this? You know, he's just like, this is not <laughs> a jacket, know. you know? And I was just like, well, buddy, you just need to get to school. I said, probably by the time recess happens, it'll be nicer outside. You can take it off or whatever. And he was like, I don't want to wear this. Like he could just tell he did not like yeah. this. Like what this is, is this. So... I said, Kaz, just wear it to school. When you get to school, take it off and hang it up. No big deal. So he's going, I see his face. He's frowning. I'm like, have a good day. Go be great. I give him the same spiel I give them every morning. And then as he's walking out the door, I hear him say, I'm taking this off in the car. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And Uh I was like, leave it on till you get to school. And then he just looked back at me and was like, here she go. But he going to do what he want to do regardless. Kaz don't give a damn. He is so me. He is so me. He's yeah. such a I mean, a lot of a lot of them are. I mean, Jackson has his ways, like you as well too. Yeah, and it's like as a parent too, you see the flaws in yourself, and you're you see some of the things, the the, the same habits in your children, and you're just like, oh. I am trying so desperately to protect you from yourself because I know the things I've struggled with in my life and how it's affected me negatively, and how I've had to work through it, and I'm still working through it. Yo, shit, that's my moment of truth, Chad. I ain't gonna lie to you. This sometimes I look at Jackson and he he's just like you, and I just be like, yo, glutton for fun, glutton for punishment. Son, I swear, no, no, for real, <laughs> for real. I'd be like, yo, you get that from your mother, yo. And then I'd be looking at you like, you see, you see. And then sometimes, remember how we we'll, we'll have our debates, and I'd be like, you see how you acting right now. When Jackson does that to you, he sure do don't come to me that. and be like, get your son <laughs> right. because he is literally just like you. So the way I got to deal with it, you deal with it. And when he does it to you, I'll be like, yep, yep. 
Hit your hit your mom with that little K, that little bit of K you got. Hit your mom <laughs> with the same thing. That they that, gonna hit the valve with the valve too, though. It's they do hit me ways. with the valve. They do hit me with the valve, and I'd be prepared for it. Right, because your mother said that too. She yes. was like, when you have your kids, bro. She told she said it before we had kids. She said, Deval, everything that you put us through as a parent, when you have your own kids, we gonna go, we gonna be circling back. The ones who challenge me, like in my face, those that's the Deval. You gonna challenge me in my face. Mm-hmm. The ones who act like they not wrong. Mm-hmm. When they know they wrong, mm-hmm. that's you. Absolutely. Who just ignore the fact that they wrong and they slow blink. Right. And they and keep they, it pushing. And anyway. you like, yo, but you know you wrong. Yeah. And they just like, that's you. Yeah. But you're going to have yeah. to deal with them. And Absolutely. I'm going to be laughing. I, you know, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. No, you're not. It's going to be fun up in here. It's been fun up in here. <laughs> this house, fun. Ask Matt. Matt shows up on a random date and there's always I some know. shit going on in here. Okay. I promise. And lastly, most experts say, listen to your child's opinion. Even if you don't agree with them, listening, engaging, and learning is how, learning how your child is learning to mm-hmm. form their opinions can only inform your relationship more positively as they grow. And I think that's a great like closing statement I do. I agree. because that's exactly what we're trying to do. We yeah. want to know how they feel. We want to be able to engage in conversation, promote that, um, nurture it. We want to hear how they yeah. feel. Um, and that's just you know, a bit of how we parent. So, all right. I think this was a good little chat. That was a good one. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, y'all, and uh, get into some listener letters after we pay some bills. So stick around. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, You're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run, take a nap, read a book. Maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot deadass. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right. So, and we're back. You want to do one? We're yeah, kinda... we, got, we got 10 minutes, so okay. we can do one, yeah. and then we can do your... Yeah, okay, right, cool. Right. All right, back to listener letters. I'll dive in really quickly. All right. Hey, Deval and Kadeen, love y'all real bad. Oh, we love y'all real bad, too. Love you, too. I've been watching ever since the New York apartment when it was only Jax and Baby Row. Oh, the good old days. We were just looking at old pictures yeah, the other day, y'all. And I'm we just were. like, I cannot deal. The growth is amazing, and y'all are so deserving. Thank you so much. So here's my question slash situation. I'm a 27-year-old female having love troubles. Oh, man. I've literally only had three serious relationships in my life. And of course, I kind of sort of believe that I was in love each time. But now I know for a fact that I was only truly in love the last time. I mean, this person was it for me. The end all be all showed me so many beautiful things in love. Damn near close to engagement, to be honest. Plus, we had an ironic backstory from years and years ago that kind of foreshadowed us ending up together. Yet, in the end, I found out he was in others inboxes repeatedly. This person made so many changes in himself for the better just to revert and end up like the rest of them in the end. Mm. We both worked through so many personal issues together to make sure the other was heard, happy, and comfortable. I used to think I didn't do much wrong in a relationship because I don't cheat, but he made me see some things that I could change as well, and I did. I truly thought this was it. Two people working through any and every, but all, but the whole time he was lying to me. Mm. Oh, they were working through any and everything. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But the whole time he was lying to me. I've been heartbroken before, but man, this one... I don't think I'll ever come back from it. So for this listener letter, I'm talking about heartbreak. Oh man, I'm so sorry for you, sis. I got, <laughs> I got over all the rest of them fairly easily, but now I can't help but wonder, how do you begin to get over who you thought or knew was your person? I'm literally in a season of isolation while he seems fine. Y'all are a bit older with more experience and I've heard y'all discuss things like this or such as this. Tell me what you honestly think. Thank you for reading. Love y'all much. I don't feel bad for her. No? No. Why? Because she made the right decision. Aww. She said he was lying. Mm -hmm. she, she realized that. She then didn't lie to herself 
and remain in a situation like, lying, really. right, where someone was lying. No, she mm-hmm. used discernment to say mm-hmm. that I thought this person was for me, mm-hmm. but they're not for me mm-hmm. because they're not being truthful. It's time for me to move on mm-hmm. and find the person that's going to be truthful. That's how you get rid of heartbreak. Aww. You don't hold back. That's why I don't feel sorry for her. Yeah. Like you can't feel sorry for people who value themselves so much that they're not going to put up with someone else's bullshit. I love that. You don't feel sorry for somebody like that. You'd be yeah. proud of somebody like that. I didn't Girl, even think of he it a that liar. Way. Fuck that nigga. He a liar. <laughs> if if he made you believe something that wasn't true, then right. that you're not in love with that person. You're in love with the idea of who that person was presenting uh-huh. themselves to be. Right, because you think about the backstory that foreshadowed them being the together. Yeah, she so it seems like the perfect love story. Because he lied. I don't feel sorry for her. She got clarity. Once she got the clarity, now she can make a choice for herself. Girl, drop that and move on. But now you also have that as an example of what not to accept. Right. So now you have more information about yourself. You're still only 27. You wild young. Right. I was going to say, I wonder if he's around that age too, because he too may know that you are the one, but he's not ready. You know? Here's the thing. The lying, when someone is lying to you and we'll be honest with you, that's not the one. Yeah. Someone who really is the one will be honest with you, mm-hmm. even if they know it may S up their chances mm-hmm. or hurt that person. Mm-hmm. We've been there before. That's true. Yeah. Right? I know this may hurt hurtful, your feelings. Hurtful truths. Yeah, I know this may yeah. hurt your feelings, but this is how I felt and this is what I did in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? After doing it, I realized that that didn't give me what I wanted. So I'm letting you know honestly, and this is how we can move forward. For sure. Because what it does, it gives the person or the other a choice. A choice. A choice to say, okay, yes. I understand how you feel. At least you were honest. Now I can decide if this is something I can A, deal with, B, move on from, mm-hmm. or even want to even entertain, right? So um, I don't feel sorry great. for her. I'm happy he, she found out while she's 27, she don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. She can still, you know, move forward and, and, and find someone else. And when you think, like, remember she said, I thought all the other ones was the, the love of my life. Right, right. But then I found out it was this one. Mm-hmm. When you find the love, you'll think the same thing about this one. And you'll be ah, like, that wasn't the love neither. I found someone. It. That's why I don't feel, I'm actually very proud of her. Because how many listening letters do we hear them say, this person did this and then that and then that. Am I a fool for staying? Right. Nah, this person already said. I'm not staying. That person lied. How do I move on? So I don't feel sorry for her. No, nah, I'm proud of you. Do keep job, doing your sis. thing. That was keep awesome. Doing your thing. Very, very good perspective, babe. Love that. All right, y'all. That was pretty easy. If yeah. you want to be featured as a listener letter, please email us. Keep them coming in, y'all. We're 12 seasons deep of getting in y'all's business. And I want to stay there. <laughs> I'm cozy. I'm cozy. Um, deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. Moment of truth time. I feel like I came up with one in the middle of this because there were so many many. good things that we hit on. Do you remember yours? I know you had mentioned you knew your moment of truth. Yes, I did have my moment of truth. I did have my moment of truth. Um, My my moment of truth is going to sound a little crazy because it doesn't only uh, talk about the child. It talks about us as parents. Okay. Right? If you really want to parent your child in a way that is conducive to them being successful, but not afraid, don't parent your children out of fear. Mm. And I feel like that's what you and I were doing. Even though we were able to self-correct and check because we always check in, we check in with Jackson. Mm-hmm. We were both parenting out of fear. Yeah. I was doing things out of fear that something else would happen, not realizing that what I was doing in itself was fucked up. Because we were all, we, what we were doing, I think, we were forward or fast forwarding playing like how this moment would affect him later yes. on in life as a 22 year old, for yes. example. And it's like, we weren't even dealing with the 12 year old in the moment. In 
Yes, that's yes. that's it. Like the in the moment. He's mm-hmm. 12 in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're preparing for when he's 22. Mm-hmm. But can can he at least just be 12 right now? Yes. Let him be 12 and let him have fun or fun. her yes. have fun. Fun, fun, fun. Like everything can't be about just the life lesson. It takes yes. away from takes the away the fact that they're children, bro. Right. Let them have fun. Right. And that kind of spirals into my moment of truth is like, let's not take the fun out of having the engagements and the conversations with our children. Yes. Watching them grow through what um, we had talked about earlier, the individuation process. Yes. There's a beauty in that because you're seeing literally how each child, especially if you have multiple, how each child is Talk unfolding into the individual that Talk they're meant to be. And we're not here to, you know, infiltrate that process. Mm-hmm. We're here to aid them in it and yes. just kind of sit back and just help them through. So, yeah, that's, I think, the perfect way to kind of join our two moments of truth. Continue to have those conversations with yeah. your children. Learn who they are. You know, try to style step accordingly when it comes to your approach and just keep the conversations going with your children. That's something that we didn't have growing up in our generation. We can't say that it particularly was awful because, you know, it it wasn't wasn't awful. I don't know. Our parents, they parented out of fear, too. Yes. um, In a lot of circumstances. And, you know, they've raised pretty decent humans. But the more you learn, the better you like they they parented out of fear and they were able to teach us their fears and create. So now what's going to happen is Jackson's going to become a parent and yes. look back at us and say, hey, mom and dad, you guys could have did this a little differently. Right. And evolve. Right. It was evolution. Absolutely. Evolution. So let's just keep evolving as good humans and good yeah. parents, right? All right. And be sure to find us on Patreon. If you haven't evolved yet and like signed up for Patreon, <laughs> what are you doing? Period. Um, you're going to see exclusive Deadass podcast video content there, a ton of family content. Yes. The Dallas Man Cave, All Day K, all that good stuff. It's a great place to be, y'all, if you haven't signed up yet. And be sure to follow us on social media, Deadass the Podcast. You can find me at Kadeen I Am. That's right. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and also pick up your copy of We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want. Out of your relationship. That's right. It's a New York Times bestseller mm. and it's available where you can purchase books and audiobooks everywhere right now. Also, Love Against the World, baby. Yes. Have, have you gotten your tickets yet? Yes. Because, baby, VIP is sold out. Sorry. You yes. lose, you lose. If you were on Patreon, you would have known earlier. But there are still <laughs> tickets there. We're going to be in some amazing cities at the top of the year in February. Cannot wait to see you there. So Absolutely. get your tickets now. Yes. Now, now, now. Don't wait. That ass. <laughs> Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. 
and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.